So we're talking about focusing on your goals. Uh, we're talking about making lists. And uh, on that list, on the right side of the list, are the things we believe God's told us to ask for and pray for, what we want to be, what we want to do, what we want to have, uh, what we want to see God do in our life in 2013. And then in the middle, what's in the middle column? Y'all remember on our prayer list? The promises, the promises of God. Now, if y'all answer back, I'll preach short. But if y'all going to sit there and stare at me, I'm going to preach to it. I'm going to make the other crowd wait outside like 30 extra minutes today. So on the right-hand side of your prayer list are the things you're praying for. In the middle are the promises of God. On the far right are the barriers or obstacles that are holding you back. So uh, we want to focus on that. Genesis 24. Genesis 24 is where we are taking this sermon from in the scriptures. We talk about Abraham who was promised by God that he would be the father of a great nation. He looked around one day and his son Isaac was uh, marrying age. He was old enough to be a dad. And uh, he said, you know, I got to get, uh, get, get Isaac married. And so he calls Eleazar and he says, Eleazar, my servant, I want you to go to Iraq and find a wife for my son. And we're going to see today that he did that. Or actually we saw it last Sunday that Eleazar went. Now here's the deal. Here's where it applies to us. Eleazar did nine things, nine things, nine things. I can find nine things. You might be able to find 10 or 11 things after you read Genesis 24. And if you'll let me know what those were, I'll preach this series again and include your two things, all right? But I found nine things that Eleazar did to make the dream happen. I found nine things Eleazar did to make the goals come to pass, to make the vision a reality. I want to share those nine things with you. Let's go through the ones we've already talked about. Number one, step number one, determine where you are right now. Now, there's a whole sermon on that, so I'm not going to preach on it. Step number two, describe exactly what you want. That's in that first column on that prayer list. Step number three, discover a promise from God. That is that middle column, the scriptures. And I believe we have more of the little blue books that are the promises of God. I think we have more of those in the bookstore. They're only a couple of dollars. And that'll make it really easy for you to, to study the promises of God. I saw somebody the other day, they had one of those little blue books and they were just studying what God has promised me. It's like reading the manual for your car. It's like reading the manual for uh, some piece of electronic equipment. You don't know everything it'll do until you read the manual. And the reason a lot of Christians live so, uh, such anemic Christian lives is they don't know what the Bible said or what God promised. And so find out, find out, and we're trying to make that easy for you. Step number four, ask God for help. What is that? Prayer, exactly. So through this whole time, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. I mean, really, step one is prayer, actually, because you can't know what to put on your list until you start praying, until you start asking God and saying, God, what goes on my list? What goes on my list? So all through this process, you're praying. Step five, uh, identify the barriers. We talked about that. What's holding me back? Why, why don't I already have the things in the first column? What's kept me from getting those things in the first column? And that's where you got to do some real serious and transparent and honest self-evaluation. If you've got some stinking thinking going on in your life, but you won't admit it, then it's going to always be there, listen to me, and it's going to always be a barrier to you. 
You've got to, and we're going to talk about this today, you've got to let people speak into your life. You especially have to let the Holy Spirit of God speak into your life and show you what kind of stinking thinking you got going on so you can change it or let God change it so those barriers are no longer in your way. Am I making any sense up here this morning? Barriers. I'm telling you, that's a big one right there, guys. Because I know people who pray, and I know people who fast, and I know people who love God, and I know people, they read the Bible, and they go to church, and they serve in the church, but they got some mindsets, they got some thinking processes that are messing them up, and they're never going to know the victory until they deal with that. So I want you, if you didn't hear that sermon on, on, uh, on discovering the barriers, identifying the obstacles... I want you to go back online and listen to that sermon again because we got into real detail there, okay? All right? And then uh, Pastor Jeremy uh, spoke uh, on step number six, and that was create a step-by-step plan. And you say, well, why is that in there? I mean, aren't you giving us a nine-step plan? But here's what I want you to understand. God will speak to you some specific things about your life. I may give you these nine steps from Genesis 24, but God may have a couple other things he wants to speak just to you. So you include other steps in this. Everybody's unique. Everybody's barriers are unique. Everybody's dealing with different stuff. So you got to get with God and say, God, is there another step that Pastor Farrell didn't give us in the sermon? How many of you know you don't have to come to me to hear from God? You can hear from God yourself. You can hear directly from God. God wants to speak into your life. God desires to reveal things and lead you. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I'll tell you what, I've heard God. God speaks, all right? Number seven, we talked about this last week. Be what? If y'all get loud now, I'll get short. Be patient and very, very, very important because big goals take a while to reach. Do not be in a hurry. I believe God's going to do some awesome things in your life this year, but I want you to quit thinking in terms of just 2013, and I want you to think about a lifestyle of destiny, a lifetime of destiny. We want 2013 to be a platform, a foundation that we can build on this year so that the rest of our life will be the best of our life. Amen, amen. You believe God can do that? But I got to tell you something, man. God ain't going to push it on you. He ain't going to force it on you. You got to let down the resistance and let God in your life. Let God in your life. You say, well, I'm a Christian, Pat. I understand that, but is God, is he Lord? Is he Lord of your life? It's one thing to, uh, you know, you ever seen that sign on the front of a car that says, God is my co-pilot? Doesn't that sound so spiritual? He don't want to be your co-pilot. He wants you to get in the back of the plane. He wants to be the pilot. He doesn't need a co-pilot. Especially you. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I don't want to put my hands on the wheel. I'm going to just sit back there in first class. Amen. Amen. Well, what's step eight? And then you got step nine. When you go preach step nine, Pastor, we're going to preach it today. We're going to preach it fast. You better listen fast. If the sermon gets long, it won't be because of me. It'll be because you didn't listen fast enough. So listen fast. All right? Put on your spiritual tennis shoes and let's run. Step number eight, 
you got to build a support team. You got to build a support team. You want your dreams to become a reality. You want your vision to become a reality. You want your goals to be met. You want your life to be everything God wants it to be. You're going to need other people. Now, we talked about this just a little bit back up in step five because that was a barrier. That was one of the barriers people have is they don't want to work with other people. They're hard to, they, they find it hard to get along with other people. And we talked about relational barriers, and I want to go a little bit deeper into that because it is so important that you understand that you're never going to reach your goals by yourself. You're never going to become the person you want to be or that God wants you to be all alone. Personal victory, personal success, whether it's in your career, but that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about spiritual success. For you to be the man of God, the woman of God that he's called you to be, you are never, never, never going to achieve that being a one-man show or a one-woman show. You have got to involve other people. Teamwork. Networking. Partnerships. Collaboration. Listen, here's a big one. Openness to accountability. I'll pause there for emphasis. Listen to me. Hear me this morning. I'm preaching to Pharaoh Hardison first. You got to let people speak into your life. You got to let people speak into your life. Now you can't let everybody speak into your life. But God's going to lead you to some people who you can trust who you love and you know they love you, you got to let those people speak into your life. And you got to let them tell you, hey man, that I love you, I love you, I love you, but that's holding you back right there. I love you, I love you, I love you, but there, that, that thing, that whatever it is, it could be a lot of different things. We could go into a lot of examples. I'll just use one example. That fear you have, that fear you have is holding you back. Let me pray with you. Let me connect with you. Let's face that fear in your life and let's get that thing broken. That addiction in your life. That addiction in your life. I mean, it looks like you got it together everywhere, but there's that area where you're just addicted to something. I'm not necessarily talking about drugs or alcohol or even pornography or things of that nature. You can be addicted to a lot of different things. You can be addicted to affirmations where if you don't get tons of affirmations all the time, you're down in the dumps, and you got to get free from that. How many of y'all know there are going to be some days nobody affirms you? <laughs> Matter of fact, there are going to be days nobody affirms you, but they will point out your problems. And you got to have it together. you got to have it together emotionally. you got to have it together intellectually. you got to have it together spiritually to be able to deal with that. And the fact that we can't receive anything but affirmations is going to be a problem for us. Okay? Eleazar does this. We will notice in this story that he enlists everybody. He enlists everybody to help him. He knows he's got a mission to fulfill. He gets her parents involved. He gets the whole family involved, her brother, all the relatives. He gets them all involved. He does everything he can do to get the cooperation and help from as many people as he can all around him. 
That is a lesson for us today, a lesson for us. I want you to think while I'm preaching about who could be on your team or who you could have in your group who could help you grow, help you grow spiritually. We're going to talk about small groups. You saw up on the screen, they're crazy people that are just like you, you know, who you can connect with, who will love you and support you. And when they speak into your life, even even if it's something that brings out a negative, when they speak into your life, you know you can receive it because you know that they care so deeply about you and they want you to be free in every way. So it's so important to have that person in your life. I like the uh, African proverb I read about as I was preparing for my sermon. Look at this. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, then go with others. Isn't that good? Isn't it good? It's not about fast, it's about far. To go far in life, you need a team around you. You need a a small group of some kind around you that's going to help you get where you want to go. Again, what really matters in life is not how fast you get there, but whether or not you arrive to the place God has called you. We're a society impressed with speed. We talked about this a little bit last week as we talked about patience. How quickly... Can we get things done? That's the biggest question in our mind many times. Can I tell you that it is not important to make a speedy decision for your life? It is important to make the right decision for your life. Have you ever made a decision in your life and then down the road you look back and go, I wish I'd taken more time. I wish I'd prayed. I wish I'd got some people to pray for me. I wish I'd got some people that I trust, people that I love, people who I know love God and love me. I wish I'd gotten them to pray for me. I've seen it over and over and over again. Not only have I seen people do that over and over and over again and hurt themselves, I've done it to my own self. I've made decisions and looked back and now you're trapped and now you're in a situation where to get out of it, you're going to have to hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to have to offend a bunch of people because you made a decision too quick and you did not include enough people in that uh, decision and you didn't take enough time. Amen, amen. Y'all hearing me today? I'm telling you, if you'll get hold of this, it's going to save you some heartache. You see, a year from now, it's not going to matter how fast the decision was made. What's going to matter a year from now is whether it was the right decision. When people walk into the Sistine Chapel and look at the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, nobody's ever asked, how quick did he do, how quick did Michelangelo do that? How how fast did, that, that question's not ever asked. Because it wasn't important, the speed was irrelevant. What mattered was the quality of his work. What mattered was the significance of his art. So if you want your life to move forward, you've got to work with other people. Now let me give you two reasons why you need to work with other people. Now these aren't going to come up on the screen, so you might want to write these down. There are two reasons you need to learn to work with other people. Why why is it, here's the question, why is it we are never going to achieve our destiny goals on our own? Why is that true? Because God wants you to learn the most important lesson of all. And here's what that is. How to love. How to love. If you get rich, but you don't learn how to love, uh, you know 1 Corinthians 13. Though you speak with the tongues of angels and have not love, 
It is nothing but a noise. It's like taking a spoon, a metal spoon, and a metal pan, and just you can be eloquent in your speech. You can have faith in 1 Corinthians 13. It says you can have faith to move mountains, but if you don't have love, it's worth nothing. And God wants you to learn how to love. Listen, God God didn't make it so that some people need other people. He made it so everybody needs other people in their life. God's not interested so much in what you accomplish as much as he is in you learning how to love other people, especially those who are not like you. See, that goes back to really what Pastor Andy read to us today from that uh, survey. It goes back to, to, to not just being connected to people we're comfortable with, but sometimes God wants us to be connected with people who get us out of our comfort zone, who get us into a new place in Him. It's easy to love people like yourself. Somebody wrote, real love is learning to love the unlovely. Real love is learning to love people who are unlovable, people who are difficult to love, and people who get on your nerves. you got to learn to love those people. You remember I told you in that uh, message a few weeks ago that not only do people get on your nerves, you get on somebody's nerves. Now, I know that's a shock to some of y'all, but you get on somebody's nerves. And there's, listen, let me just help you. There are people who love you in spite of that. There are people who will come and be with you and spend time with you in spite of the fact that you get on their nerves. Amen? So, so we have to learn to love that way too. The next reason that the Lord wants you to let other people in your life and the next reason we need to understand why we're never going to achieve our goals if, it, uh, if we try to do it alone is because God made you so that you will never be able to make some changes uh, in your life uh, without the help of other people. He just made you like that. I'm, here's what I'm saying to you. I want you to hear this. There are just some things that you want for yourself that aren't going to happen until you learn to work with other people. God just made it that way. Because, and, and I know I point this out all the time, and I know I say this all the time, but I want to say it again today. The cross has two beams in it. One running up and down represents our relationship with God, but there's another beam on that cross, and it runs this way, and it represents your love, your connection, your need for other people. I need you. I need you. I need your friendship. I need your company. I need your presence. I need you like flowers need sunshine and rain. God just made us that way. Uh, if you could change uh, some things in your life, you would have already changed it. But you can't do it because God's not going to let you do it until you learn to work with other people. You need other people in your life. Why? So they can support you and love you and encourage you. And listen, challenge you. Challenge you. You need people who are going to help you practically, day to day, who are going to help you emotionally, and who are going to pray for you. You got a group like that in your life? Can I tell you that in your seat today, there's a little card. Everybody ought to be able to get one of these right here. Now, now let me just tell you what I'm asking you to do. If you're not in a life group, when you, if you fill that card out today, here's what you're saying. All you're saying is, I'm interested. You're not signing up for anything. You can be a leader in a life group if you meet the, the criteria to be a leader. You can be a leader. 
you can have a host home. Maybe, maybe you're not a leader. You don't really feel like you could lead a group. But maybe God has blessed you with a big den in your house. Can I tell you that the reason God blessed you with that big den area in your house is so you can have a life group in there. Amen. Amen. So, so we, need, uh, we need you to step up. Some of you guys are leaders. You're leaders. Now, let me just say this. Some of you are leaders on your job, and you have the gift of leadership, and the only reason you're not a life group leader is because you've got to get some stuff straightened out in your life spiritually because God wants to use that same gift of leadership that you're using on your job to make money. He wants to use it in his body. As a matter of fact, he primarily wants to use that gift in his body called the church. And some of you are using your spiritual gift only to make money. It's cool with God that you use your spiritual gift to make a living, but the primary reason God gave you that ability that you're so naturally good at is so you can use it in the church. So sign up. Okay? And that host home. And then you might say, I just, I'm not ready. I, my home isn't good for that. You know, I, I, I live in a little apartment or, or mobile home. It's just not good for that. Not that all mobile homes aren't. I've been in some mobile homes way bigger than my house. But I'm just saying you might be in a situation where you can't or you live with some family members who are not Christians and they wouldn't welcome that in your house and we wouldn't want to cause any problem there. So you're saying, I'm, I'm really not a leader. I'm sort of a support person. I'm sort of a behind-the-scenes person. And plus my house. But I want to be in a group. I want to be in a group. Hey, guess what we do in our life groups? Eat. <laughs> and you could help with that. And guess what else we do in our life groups? We let you bring your children. Help us, Jesus. And we need, we need like one couple who will be in life. They'll take care of the kids one week. And then another couple in the life group, they'll take care of the kids the next time the group meets. And we let you meet weekly if you want to. If that's too often, you can meet twice a month. If that's too often, we ask you to at least meet once a month. And let's just get some people around us who can help us, who can support us, who can pray for us. So if you'll just fill that out today, all you're saying is, I'm interested. All you're saying is, I want to talk to somebody. Now, you might be here today, and you say, well, I filled out that thing before, and I'm not in a group yet. Well, that's because we need more leaders and more host homes. Right now, the, the challenge for us is we, we don't have uh, anybody to start new groups. We need some people to step up and start new groups. We need some people to open up their homes and let us use their home. And it could be that you're in a group that one week you can meet at one home, the next week you can meet at another home. It doesn't have to be, or one month, and then the next month. It doesn't have to be there every time. As a matter of fact, uh, we try when we can to even open up the church. So that your small group can come and, and meet at the church. Okay? It's really, really important, guys. If you're not in a small group, you're making it harder for yourself. Life groups or any small group. Let me just say this about that. Any small group. You might say, well, you know, i got a group of ladies I meet with uh, who, um, and you need to be a lady if you're going to say that. But you, i got a group of ladies I meet with. And we just have a Bible study at Starbucks. Hey, that's great. 
That's great. I'm just saying, doesn't have to be an official life group that comes under the church. Just you need people in your life. Another life group that we have is ministry groups, like, for instance, the choir. The choir meets, and they have uh, social gatherings, and, and they're a life group. Not only are they a choir, but they're a life group. And so we're very flexible about that. I tell you what, if you are having a Bible study somewhere, uh, we'd love to know about it. Because all we want to do, we don't want to have any kind of control in it. All we want to do is make available to you all kinds of DVDs and materials free of charge that you can get your hands on and use in your group. We just want to, uh, we want to help you. We want to uh, uh, come in uh, there and, and team with you, cooperate with you, and help you to have a good life group, okay? doesn't have to come under the church. But you need people in your life. You need people in your life. When I started serving as a pastor of this church and we uh, gathered over, uh, y'all do know when you drive out of here back out to 70, that little brick church across the street, that's where we started. When I came here in 1990, that's where we started. And, and we've come a long way, but I didn't come here by myself. I had to have a lot of help. I'm only good at one or two things. I had to find people who were good at what I wasn't good at because we're a body. The, Paul asked the ridiculous question when he's teaching about the body of Christ, the church. He said, what if everybody was a hand? What if everybody was an ear? We could listen well, but we wouldn't be able to really do anything. Every part of the body is needed. Every part of the body. Now, some of y'all are like the appendix. You're not really good for anything, but you could explode at any time and kill every one of us. <laughs> not this, sir. Not this, sir. But the crowd that's coming, that next service, there's a, I think there's some appendix in there. <clears throat> Francis Chan said that. Look at Ecclesiastes. And we read one of these verses the other day, but I want us to walk through this. This is so practical. This is so practical. Just walk through this with me. Two people are better off than one. Who wrote Ecclesiastes? Solomon, and he was a what? Wise man. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other, what? Succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in how about that go to the next slide likewise two people lying close together can keep each other warm but how can one be warm alone last slide i heard y'all giggling about that one there's some women out there going i need somebody to lay beside me and be warm i need Jesus has sent somebody in my life. Amen? Amen? How many singers out there, you, you just believe in God. God's going to send some, your, your prince or your princess along. Amen? God's got somebody for you. God's got somebody for you. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and what? Conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. See it right there in the Bible? See that in the Word of God? 
Matthew 18, 20. Did I put that one? Did I give you guys that one to put up on the screen, the next slide? Is that Matthew 18, 20? Probably. No, no, I didn't. Uh, Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three come together in my name. Who said that? Who said those words? Jesus. Where two or three come together in my name, what did he say? There will I be in the midst of them. You don't need eight or ten. You say, well, we would start a group and there's only three of us. Good. As a matter of fact, um, Solomon says three's good. Matter of fact, I tell you what, your group can be too big. Because what you want in a small group is you want openness for everybody to speak. And if your group's too big, people are going to be intimidated just like they are here on Sunday to speak up. Okay? So it's a promise of God that he'll be with you. Look at the last step, step number nine. Step number nine, and this one's probably the most important one. Guys, if you're going to become who God wants you to be, have what God wants you to have, do what God wants you to do, there's going to be a price to pay. And you've got to be willing to pay it. You've got to be willing to pay it. There's always a cost in fulfilling a dream. There's always a price tag in reaching a goal. Look what this writer said. I love this quote. Never desire the success of another person without first finding out the price they paid for it. Are y'all hearing me out there? We're switching gears here now, so let your mind switch gear. We're talking about you got to pay the price. Uh, now, sometimes the price is worth it, but sometimes the price isn't worth it. Let me tell you what I'm talking about success and seeking success, listen now, listen, because this is going to sound weird, even spiritual success. When you don't balance your life, it can cost you your health. I've seen pastors kill themselves doing the work of God. Can I say something about that? God never asked for that. God never asked for that. Success in your career, success in ministry, I've seen it cost people their health. I've seen people so involved in ministry, it cost them their marriage. I've seen people doing a good thing, but they got away. How many of you know you can do a good thing and get away from God? Hey, you can do church stuff and get away from God. Matter of fact, Bible college is one of the best places in the world to backslide. Because you get this idea because you're in Bible college, you're growing spiritually, not necessarily. You might be growing in knowledge, but not in intimacy with God. Preaching up in here now. Success can cost you your walk with God. It can cost you your integrity, your family, your health. So before you desire the success of another person, you need to find out what they gave up to get it. Again, some things are worth giving up for a greater cause, but sometimes they're not. But what you need to understand is there's always a price tag attached to achievement in life. Matter of fact, there's only one free thing. The only free thing in this world is the forgiveness of God. God is ready to meet you this morning in your journey, and forgive you of all your sins. And it's absolutely free. Now, a price was paid, but you didn't have to pay it. 
The price was paid by Jesus Christ. It is a gift to you, and all you have to do is accept this gift by faith. You cannot work for this gift. You cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. It is a grace gift. It's the only thing that is free. You get it by saying something like, God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me on the cross. And thank you that he paid my sin debt. And my sins have been paid for and forgiven. And today at the bridge, I receive forgiveness of my sins. Look what Eleazar did. Look in uh, verse 53. The Bible says, Then, this is what it cost Eleazar to get Rebekah. Then he gave Rebekah what? Go, now y'all got to talk loud here. Don't, don't fade out on me. Then he gave Rebekah gold and silver and... Did the man know how to get a woman? <laughs> Jewelry and clothes. She said, yeah, I'm going back with you. Then he gave Rebecca gold and silver and clothes, and he also gave expensive gifts to her brother and smart man. His, her mother probably was a little bit hesitant. And he gave her a little something, something. She went, you know, I think it's going to be all right. Great goals, listen to me, this is it, I'm done. Great goals require great sacrifice. Some of you, your calling in God will break free when you spend more time in the Bible than you do on Facebook. It's going to cost. It's going to cost you giving up. There might be a hobby in your life that's taking up a ton of time, and I'm not against hobbies. I'm just saying, what do you spend most of your time doing? Okay? Great goals require great sacrifice of time. They require great sacrifice of money. They require great sacrifice of energy and reputation. Matter of fact, when you stop doing some things to pursue what God's put in your heart, you're going to get criticized. You're going to get criticized. People are going to talk to you about how you're not treating your family right. They're going to talk, talk to you about how you're not going to make as much money. And really, what you need to do is look out for your financial way. And they're going to just criticize you. A lot of people only want to be successful if it's going to be smooth for them. If it's going to be convenient. They only want to reach their dream and goal if they can do it in their spare time. But if you're serious about making the rest of your life the best of your life, you're going to have to pay the price. Here's what I want you to do. I want to, I want to pray over you this morning at the end of this sermon series. So I want you just right there where you are, just put your stuff down, put it over to the side. I want you to bow your head and I want to pray over you. And after I pray over you, then I'm going to give you uh, an example prayer. And I, I actually wrote, I don't usually write my prayers, but I wrote this prayer because I wanted, I wanted to make sure I covered everything and not just do it from memory. Did you know it's all right to write prayers down? Absolutely. Matter of fact, sometimes I can't even really pray. I just write God a letter. Dear God, what's up? And I write him a letter. So let me pray over you. Bow your head. Father, I want to thank you for this sermon series. I want to thank you for the people who have heard it. 
I want to thank you for those who will hear it through our website and recordings. That's already happening. I'm getting calls from people who live in other states. I'm getting calls and contacts from people who are overseas in the military talking about what this series has meant to their life. And it's not me. It's your word that's having the impact. I want to thank you for those who are here right now today in this service. And I am praying a blessing upon these people today that they will have the courage and the patience and the determination to make the rest of their life the best of their life. But Lord, we understand that you have left that up to us. We understand that this is our choice. You've told us what to do. Now it's up to us. We can either drift or we can be intentional. We can be lazy or we can be disciplined. I pray today that each of us, including me, including Farrell Hardison, will be willing to pay the price, be disciplined and persistent and patient as you transform our lives to be more like you. Now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to just give you an example prayer for you to pray and I'll, I'll send you this prayer if you want it. All you got to do is ask me. I want you to pray something like this throughout this year. Dear God, help me to figure out where I am right now and what I need to change. God, I ask you to clarify for me what I want to be and what I want to do and what I want the rest of my life to be like. God, help me take the time to figure out why I want these things. I know my motivation for wanting these things is so important. Thank you for all the promises you've given in your word. Remind me to keep asking you for help. Help me to identify the barriers and obstacles and help me to be honest about why I don't already have the things I'm praying for now. God, I need your help in creating a step-by-step plan exclusively for my life so that I won't waste my time and waste the rest of my life. Dear God, when I go through difficulty, I want you to help me to be patient and help me to be persistent and help me to trust you. Help me not to give up. Help me not to give up. God, when I get off track, help me recognize it and make the adjustments like the sailor on the sailboat that will get me back on track. Right now, I commit my life to being a part of a group so that I can have a team of people around me who love me and support me and hold me accountable. I'm scared. But I'm going to do this, Lord. I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to delay gratification so the rest of my life can be the best of my life. If you've never invited Jesus into your heart, I want you to pray this with me this morning. 
Lord, I want in on that deal of free forgiveness today. I need your forgiveness. I need your salvation. I could never earn it. I could never deserve it. But I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to accept me, adopt me today into your family. I want to learn to follow you, Jesus. From this day on, I'm going to serve you. I give you my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising from the dead. I give you my heart today, Lord Jesus. 